Hi everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Holding the Ball, our AFL podcast where we look back on last week's efforts, look forward to next week's games and have a little talking point in the middle. This week we're going to be talking about, well, the coronavirus has uh, struck Melbourne, which you have a majority of teams playing in the Melbourne area, then you know that's going to affect your draw for the weekend. So we're going to have a a little talk about what may or may not happen, obviously depending on many factors, uh, going ahead for the next one to three weeks with the AFL draw and how that may affect certain teams, obviously Victorian teams, and how that may affect uh, the games that they play, where they play them, and whether that uh, that their chances of winning the premierships may actually be affected by it. Maybe not. Anyway. Um, and then I'll give you a rundown on next week's games, give you some tips that you can avoid, and then everything should be hunky-dory. So if you haven't been bored to death already, I hope you'll stick around after the break for thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Now, here is the weekly wrap-up. Well, we had the big game from uh, the Equal Leaders on a Friday night, which was going to be a blockbuster, <laughs> crowd-wise, but of course, no crowds in Melbourne this weekend. And uh, it was the Melbourne Demons that came out and uh, upset the Bulldogs, I think, in the long run, I would have thought. Uh, I guess both teams were have had equally good seasons and... Any, either side had uh, the probability of winning. But the Demons were faster to the ball and they made the most of their chances, whereas the Bulldogs got shut down a lot uh, in midfield, which has been unusual for them this season. The Demons were able to uh, cut them down and they took the, the best of their opportunities to come away with a 28-point victory, which in the long run uh, is something that I probably wouldn't have expected. However, uh, the Demons are now out in front again on their lonesome and uh, looking good beyond everything that anyone could possibly have expected. Uh, Collingwood and the Cats. Well, I don't know if not having the crowd there helped either side, to be honest, but uh, in the long run, it was the Cats that got up, as, as one would have expected, but not in the way one would have expected. Collingwood uh, did not kick a goal in the first half, uh, which was just fantastic. Uh, once again, they've just shown that they just... They, the first half, the Cats were faster to the ball. They were harder in defence. They rushed Collingwood every time they had the ball or tried to get the ball. They were over the top of them, and Collingwood just didn't have the confidence to go to their main game, and it showed. It just showed that they were completely out of their depth. And then somehow in the second half, probably not even the second half, but certainly in the final quarter, Collingwood opened up probably thinking, and maybe this is what Buckley said, he just said, you know, just throw your hands in the air and just let's just try something. And they came good in the last quarter, but it 
they just left themselves far too much to do and as as a result uh, ended up losing by 10 points. 1-11 they kicked in the first three quarters of the game. Mind you, the Cats only kicked eight goals themselves. So, and it was, they were only 5-11 at three-quarter time, which probably left Collingwood in with a chance. But uh, again, once again, now the Cats have gotten away with the win that they had to get. Uh, Collingwood, unfortunately, uh, have lost another game that they really needed to win. And it's it's a big difference the last two weeks. They could have won the last two weeks, which would have given them something. And instead, they've still got nothing. Meanwhile, at the Gabba, the Lions smashed the Giants by 64 points, 129 to 65, and the Giants were never in it, not at any point of the game. The Lions increased their lead throughout the match, and leading by 40 points to six at quarter time, uh, that was really the kicker at that point. There was just no coming back. Uh, I think Brisbane just showed that they are ready to really um, challenge for a premiership this year now, that they've improved since the start of the season. They continue to improve and they look good. They've had a lot of home games, I guess, in recent times, which is helping them. So it'll be interesting to see once they start travelling again. But at the moment, they look the peas. Uh, the Giants have been good in recent weeks, but were very much let down again this week. And they need to restart again to give themselves a chance of playing finals this year. St Kilda lost by 100-plus last week, and the only thing that was good about that was that they got to play the Kangaroos this week. And mind you, they almost blew it there in that last quarter. They were uh, in front by uh, 43 points at three-quarter time, but North came home strong at the towards the end of the game. The, the, cat, uh, the Cats, the, <laughs> the Saints... Started to drop off a little bit, probably thought that they'd won the game, and as it turns out, they got back to the point where they only won the game by 20 points. But again, it wouldn't have been pleasing to the coach the way that the Saints played. North was you know, out of, never in the game, but they didn't give up, and I think Saints really needed to kick on, and they didn't. So despite getting the four points... I think there's still plenty of problems there for Brett Ratton and uh, how he's going to get this St Kilda team back in the reckoning this season. The Gold Coast Suns played Hawthorne Hawks at the Sydney Cricket Ground. This was a game that was supposed to be played up in the Northern Territory but was moved because of the COVID situation. Um, the Suns got out to an early lead and got drawn back in by the Hawks at uh, quarter time. There was only nine points the difference. But 28 points the difference at halftime in favour of the Suns, and they never let that go. Hawthorne, well, they're in the same boat as Collingwood. They're trying hard, but they just don't have the cattle this year, and it's not working for them. Uh, the Suns, I must admit, I was surprised that they won this easily. They have not had a good few weeks, and I guess a win like this, despite Hawthorne obviously not being at the top of their, their game, uh, beating Hawthorne at any time is a win for them. Uh, the 37-point margin uh, probably didn't flatter either team, I guess, when you think about it. But it'll be interesting to see how this leads into next week for the Suns. The Suns have really got to find a way to parlay this into better form and more wins for the season. In a game that I find very, very difficult to work out, um, Essendon 
have gone over to Perth and they've beaten the West Coast Eagles over there by 16 points, the final margin, 87 to 71. Now, halfway through the third quarter, I'd pretty much turned this game off as the West Coast led by, I think it was 22 points, and they looked like they were going to go away with it. And then Essendon came back and they got it back to a three-point margin at three-quarter time and then increased that again to win the game. Um, Essendon, I mean, during the year, and as I've said to through all these podcasts uh, this season, Essendon have shown enough in each game that they can win these games. And they, there's a couple of that they lost by very small margins that they probably should have won. And there are others where they just got absolutely blown away. But they've shown that they're capable of winning games against good teams. And they've now done that by winning this game against the Eagles over there. That's that's a massive win. And there won't be many teams that do that this year. So they've got themselves back into the fight, would you believe, the Essendon Bombers. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I guess with all the hard work that's going into the club, um, there's no doubt in the world that the supporters will be jumping for joy. Richmond was well and truly challenged by the Crows in Sunday afternoon's game uh, as their match was moved to Giant Stadium in Sydney due to the coronavirus problems that was going to be played up there in Darwin. And then end in an entertaining match. We saw that Adelaide still have the ability to challenge the top teams and that the Tigers still have the ability to fight back from adversity. They were down by 20 at quarter time. Uh, and then the Tigers actually led at halftime and then by 33 points at three-quarter time before another late surge by Adelaide saw them narrow the gap to nine points in that final quarter before the Tigers eventually skipped away and won by 28 points. The Swans overpowered Carlton at the SCG in a match that will have grave implications for the Blues' season, I'm afraid. Well, not really, but it is for the Blues. They uh, had two good leads before being overturned by Sydney, who then dominated the last quarter to eventually win by 22 points, which both enhanced their top eight chances and puts Carlton in a position where they need to start finding a way not to be swamped in final quarters. And in Adelaide, Port kicked 7-5 to 0-7 in the first quarter of their match against Fremantle, which effectively ended the game by that point of proceedings. The remainder of the match was hard fought and pretty much level on the scoreboard, but the power never relinquished their big lead and eventually won by 46 points. And that's the weekend wrap. And now, here's this week's Talking Point. Yeah, so this week we're going to just have a really quick look at what could happen, well, with coronavirus in Melbourne. We don't know how that's going to affect the AFL season, and for how long? Because at the moment, it's uh, it's it's unlike it seems unlikely that the lockdown is going to end this Friday in uh, Melbourne and Victoria. It looks like it's going to have to be extended. Um, of course, I'm no medical person, but I'm only going off what seems to be being thrown around at the moment. The fact that there are still new uh, virus cases being announced each day, so it just seems unlikely that that uh, the state's going to be opened up again. So what does that mean, maybe not necessarily for this weekend, but for the next three weekends? As I said, it looks likely that the lockdown will extend beyond this week, which means that it will likely rule out crowds in Melbourne for at least one more weekend and possibly longer. 
And the draw for the next three weekends includes a bye for each team. So that means that each round doesn't have the full nine matches each round. So how are we going to look about it? I mean, could the bye actually be brought into effect together for one full round, which, say, for instance, could happen this week? Now, Jared Waitley brought this up on AFL 360 last week, saying that perhaps they could bring the bye round forward for everybody. Everyone just doesn't play for a week and they could rejig the draw. I think at the time they were worried about the fact that so many tickets have been sold for certain games, certainly the Western Bulldogs-Melbourne game. But now it's a matter of, well, if the grounds aren't going to be open anyway, no one's going to be going. So it's not a matter of having having tickets being sold for people to turn up. It's tickets being sold they are going to be refunded anyway. I don't know. It seems unlikely, obviously, that they will do that. What's more likely is that there'll be teams who will be forced to relocate interstate for a number of weeks, whether it's one, two, three, five. Um, And how many Melbourne teams would have to do that? Would they all have to go? Unless unless they rejig the draw again so that you could have all the Victorian teams playing each other uh, with no crowds and all the interstate teams would have to play each other. That also seems unlikely. Could there be another festival of footy to make up the matches, which is what the AFL produced last year, where they played a game every day for about 22 days straight? And obviously, it was difficult for crowds because, uh, firstly, for COVID. Secondly, games being played on a Tuesday and Wednesday night were not well attended for the obvious reasons. But it is a way that if this lasts longer and they do have to actually cancel matches, that they could make it up. How will all of this, in the long run, affect the Melbourne clubs involved, especially those at the top of the ladder, the ones who are doing so well? So by that I mean if teams are forced to move into state for their games, which is what happened last weekend with uh, uh, Hawks and Gold Coast, uh, also with the Richmond-Adelaide game, if teams are forced to move away from their home base, how will that affect their season if they have to play away from home and if they lose those games. So that's a possibility that that could come into effect. It's all a bit up in the air at the moment. It's it's the Monday before, you know, after the last round. There's still a lot of things to come together, both for certainly for this coming weekend before we even get beyond that. But it's interesting the fact that already uh, Essendon, of course, are over in Perth and it Richmond played in Sydney last weekend, so the Dreamtime game that is set for this weekend, which is usually played at the MCG, of course, now looks likely to be played in Perth at Optus Stadium on Saturday night. So that's a great thing for Perth fans, and hopefully they'll attend and, and you know make a full crowd there like they usually get at the MCG, even though they don't have one of their teams playing in it. It must it would be a great event. So and you would expect a good hard game the way both teams are playing. So hopefully Perth will take on that and fill that Optus Stadium. Uh, There's a chance of Melbourne and Brisbane apparently being moved to Sydney. It's currently set down for uh, the Northern Territory again. And if if, I think uh, if they can't play it there again, then then Sydney is an obvious location. Uh, The St Kilda-Sydney game, is is, they're talking about moving that to Cairns. Apparently St Kilda have a game in Cairns the following weekend, so that would suit them. Uh, and of course, 
Carlton and West Coast could also be played in Sydney. Carlton is still in Sydney after playing the Swans on the weekend. And, of course, West Coast have been over in Perth. So they're the options that, at the time of recording this podcast that were being spoken about for the current weekend. But it's pretty important to see how this is going to go going forward. Obviously, at the moment, as long as it's only Victoria that is affected, and hopefully for everyone involved, there's only a week left of lockdown and that there can be some sort of normality brought back to life in general in Melbourne and Victoria. And then going back to the footy, maybe it won't be 100%, maybe it'll only be 50% for a while, but at least that'll be fans back at the footy and at least the draw won't have to be affected as much as it uh, has been certainly last weekend and probably will be this weekend. But it's not the end of it, is it? Because this has come around again when we all sort of thought, that's it, we don't have to worry about lockdowns again. So it shows that the AFL has to still be fluid in their thinking when it comes to what may or may not occur with the coronavirus and with lockdowns in their football season. But what's happening next week? So we can have a bit of a gander at next weekend. And of course, as I said, it's the first of the three bye rounds. So there are six games and there are six teams who aren't playing at all. So there's six teams with a bye this weekend. The Gold Coast Suns, it probably couldn't come early enough for them. North Melbourne, who probably just wished the season was over. Port Adelaide, who could probably use a rest. Uh, the Hawks also looking to find a way to stop playing and maybe reset. For Geelong, probably a good time for them as well. And the Giants as well, after being handed uh, their ass handed to them last weekend, probably will require a week off to reset. So this weekend, we have our Friday night game, which is going to be an absolute ripper. Melbourne against Brisbane, wherever it ends up being played. Both these teams are looking the goods this season. Uh, Melbourne probably more unexpectedly so. The Lions again showing that they're going to be right up there again at the end of the season. And this is probably pretty important to see where these teams will actually finish at the end of the season. I would like to think that uh, Brisbane could win this game, and I don't think it's out of the question that they can. Perhaps they haven't had the kind of uh, hard-fought games that they would have liked in recent weeks uh, against quality opposition, whereas Melbourne probably have. I'm going to go for the Lions in an upset. Well, an upset to the Demon supporters anyway, and that will really throw the cat amongst the pigeons if that's the case. On Saturday afternoon, St Kilda play the Swans, and at this stage, well, it was listed for Marvel Stadium, and it hasn't changed yet, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Swans were good again last weekend against Carlton. Uh, St Kilda bounced back somewhat to finally to get a win after being belted. Uh, on form at the moment, I would think you've got to go with the Swans. They've been fantastic. And perhaps it will all depend on where this game is actually played as to whether or not they get the advantage that they may not have gotten if they had to go down and play this in Victoria. I'm going for the Swans. Saturday afternoon, Adelaide play Collingwood over at Adelaide Oval. It's We expect at this stage that Collingwood will still be able to travel to Adelaide. Uh, the Crows, again, they, they, were, they fought hard against Richmond. Collingwood... Played well for about half of a quarter. Uh, honestly, uh, you would expect Adelaide will win this game. Um, if Collingwood got up and won, it would at least show that the last two weeks have not been in vain and have not been for something. Uh, and if they do lose, well, it shows that perhaps the, the, the effort just 
<laughs> it was only sporadic, which it does seem to be on the surface of it anyway. I'll tip the crows. Saturday night is the Dreamtime game between Essendon and Richmond. Always a terrific game, always hard fought. Essendon's form has been pretty good in the last few weeks, and Richmond's has been so-so. They managed to get up last weekend over the Adelaide team. Essendon upset West Coast. They're staying over there. They're going to be there for a full week. Um, well, Richmond, Richmond. If they don't win it, then you know they're they're in strife again, and Essendon are right up on their tail. So I'll go for Richmond, but not with any confidence. Sunday afternoon, Carlton play the West Coast, uh, wherever that may end up being. Um, I don't know what's going on with the West Coast, to be honest. You just cannot believe that they're losing some of the games that they are. And Carlton probably should have been better last weekend against the Swans. So this is a toss-up as well, absolutely toss-up. Uh, you would think that, I, I guess, West Coast have, you know, are going to have to bounce back and have got a lot to prove to bounce back. And... Should be too good for Carlton, but again, this is another toss of the coin at the moment, the way both these teams are playing. And on Sunday evening, over there in the West, Fremantle are playing the Western Bulldogs. Fremantle have been fairly solid at home. The Bulldogs would have been disappointed with last week's effort. On form, the Bulldogs should win this by about three or four goals, and so that's what I'm going to go with. Alrighty, well, thanks for tuning in once again to AFL Holding the Ball podcast. I hope you've got something out of it, and if you have, all are good. And if you haven't, well, again, come back next week and I'll see if I can surprise you. So until then, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. <laughs>